Hello everyone and welcome to the February 15th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm John Floyd with Floyd, Scarron & Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. The workers' compensation community and to a greater degree the civil liability communities have been slow to comply with Medicare set-aside rules. Liability can be imposed upon attorneys, defendants, and carriers even years after payment of a settlement that does not follow CMS regulations. In a stunning illustrative case, CMS recently filed a major recovery action against defendant corporations, their insurance carriers, and plaintiff counsel. The case, U.S. v. Stricker, was filed on December 1st, nearly six years after a 2003 settlement agreement in the underlying action. CMS claims that it previously made conditional payments on behalf of 907 of the plaintiffs for medical expenses related to injuries released in the 2003 settlement agreement. CMS wants reimbursement for these conditional payments against the defendant corporations, their insurance providers, and numerous attorneys representing the groups of plaintiffs. CMS also claims double the amount of conditional payments as a penalty. This lawsuit should serve as a warning to counsel, insurance carriers, and self-insured entities. It would be unwise for workers' compensation and other tort defendants and others to circumvent the best practices for resolving claims when CMS is potentially involved. A class action was filed last week by investigators against CRM Holdings, a provider of work comp insurance products. CRM provides primary work comp insurance to employers in California, Arizona, and other states. Majestic Insurance is a CRM subsidiary with claim offices in California. In December, the New York Work Comp Board filed a $405 million civil fraud lawsuit against CRM Holdings as the administrator of six self-insured trusts. Private attorneys then filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of all persons who purchased the stock of CRM between 2005 and 2008. The class action charges CRM and certain company executive officers and directors with violations of federal securities laws. The suit goes on to allege that the stock losses suffered by investors were the result of financial statements that did not properly disclose financial difficulties. CRM Holdings responded to the New York State Work Comp Board last December lawsuit by denying the allegations. They have not yet responded to the class action, but it is likely that the suit will be aggressively defended. An illegally uninsured employer prevailed against his former employee last week in a case that ended in the Court of Appeal. The employee, Mashur Kahori, sued his former employer, Mahar Martha, for negligence and failure to have work comp insurance after he fell through a ceiling of a disbanded bakery. Proceeding against an employer in a civil tort action is one of the consequences for failure to be insured for workers' comp. The bakery had been closed before this incident and all employees were laid off. Here's what happened. Kahori claimed he was working at the time, cleaning the bakery and removing items from the storage area. The employer claimed Kahori was using drugs instead of working in the storage area above the office at the time of the accident. During the trial, the employee moved to exclude evidence of his history of alcohol or drug use other than on the date of the accident. The employer wanted to offer testimony about his prior drug use to attack his credibility and, and impeach his deposition testimony. The court ruled it would allow evidence of prior drug use. Witnesses testified that Kahori had used methamphetamine more than 100 times when no one was there and drank beer after work. Another witness stated that he saw Kahori smoking speed in the storage area just before the accident. Other witnesses refuted this testimony. At the end of the trial, the jury returned a defense verdict, finding in favor of the employer on the negligence claim and that Kahori was not an employee at the time of the accident. 
the appeal was filed claiming that the trial court erred in allowing the testimony of the employee's prior drug use. Evidence Code Section 786 provides evidence of prior traits is inadmissible to attack or support the credibility of a witness. However, the Court of Appeal, in an unpublished decision, held that Evidence Code Section 1101 provides an exception where evidence of other offenses has a, has a tendency to pro prove a material fact. In this case, the evidence of prior drug use was properly admitted. And now, our fraud report. One of the largest known workers' compensation insurance fraud cases in California's history led to a conviction last week. Michael Petronella was found guilty of a jury of 33 felony counts of insurance fraud. The jury also gave sentencing enhancement for an aggravated white-collar crime over $500,000. Petronella now faces up to 48 years and 8 months in state prison. Petronella and his wife, Devon, owned three businesses, including Petronella Corporation, Western Cleanoff, and the re-roofing specialists. In 2000, Petronella and Kyle obtained workers' compensation insurance for their three companies through the state fund. The owners then fraudulently submitted 42 claims for uninsured injured workers and underreported $29 million in payroll to state compensation insurance fund in order to avoid paying premiums. This allowed them to have a very lavish lifestyle before their arrest. Petronella and his wife owned five properties in California and Texas and multiple luxury vehicles. Between 2005 and 2007, they spent more than $2.1 million in personal items, including thousands of dollars on jewelry, shoes, clothing, and other personal items from the finest stores. His sentencing is set for April 23rd. Tuang Kong Boy of San Jose was sentenced for failing to pay payroll taxes and failure to secure workers' compensation insurance. Boy was the owner of several businesses, including the Marina Gas and Heritage Days Inn in Marina, Forest Hill, Gas Station uh, Food Mart in Pacific Grove, and Jesse's Gas Station and Food Mart in Hollister. He was placed on felony probation for three years in order to serve 90 days in county jail or complete an equivalent work alternative program. He was also ordered to pay over $64,000 to the Employment Development Department. He was also ordered to pay $10,000 to the state workers' compensation fraud account and serve 100 hours of community service. Two men, an insurance broker and the former chief of fi and financial officer for the Pachango Resort and Casino have been accused of defrauding the tribe of $4 million. A grand jury indictment was unsealed last week in Riverside County Superior Court. The indictment accuses James William Riley and Ryan J. Robinson of grand theft and commercial bribery. Riley was also accused of money laundering. Riley served as insurance broker for a majority of the insurance for the Pechanga tribe. Robinson is the former chief financial officer for the Pechanga Resort and Casino and Tribal Government Center. The indictment alleges that Riley took advantage of the precarious circumstances within the insurance market created by the Hurricane Katrina by misrepresenting the correct price of insurance premiums. In doing so, he overcharged the Pechanga Development Center by more than $4 million. The indictment further states that Robinson received a kickback from Riley of more than $100,000 in exchange for overlooking Riley's actions. The money that Riley gave Robinson was moved through multiple accounts before being withdrawn in the form of a cashier's check. The defendants are scheduled to be arraigned February 18th in Riverside Superior Court. Retired Judge David O'Brien has supported a regulation that requires employers to provide an EOB or Explanation of Benefits Notice to injured workers whenever medical bills are paid. The purpose of an EOB is to allow the worker to notify the employer when they paid for treatment that was not provided. An EOB notice is common practice 
in group health settings. Last year, Senate Bill 156 was introduced in the California legislature, which would have mandated the use of an EOB in workers' compensation claims. Unfortunately, the bill was withdrawn after some carriers complained that it, an EOB notice was an unnecessary administrative burden. Nonetheless, other industry professionals believe that the EOB is still a good idea. John Riggs, the manager of workers' compensation at the Walt Disney Company, announced his plans to implement an EOB process for Walt Disney on his Twitter page. He formed a group known as the EOB Project Partners. Several large self-insured employers along with Disneyland worked together with Stratacare in the development of implementation of a voluntary explanation of benefits to be sent to injured workers. The first mailing went out on February 5th. Perhaps the EOB will reduce some of the provider fraud that still plagues the industry. John Riggs can be reached on Twitter.com. Look for the username John E. Riggs, R-I-G-G-S. Now some financial news. While California is trying to sell off parts of state fund to raise cash, other state governments are just taking cash out directly from their workers' compensation funds to combat mounting budget deficits. Employers, risk-sharing pools, and insurers are fighting back. They have gone to court seeking to stop states from taking the money collected through assessments on insured premiums and self-insured entities. They argue that sweeping or transferring employer assessments is an unconstitutional confiscation of private money amounting to unauthorized ta taxation. Kentucky's Supreme Court has handed employers a partial victory in one suit that sought to stop lawmakers from funneling employer workers' comp assessments to the state's general fund. Additional lawsuits have been filed in Arizona and Kansas. Observers say they expect more states will try to tap workers' comp funds for revenue as the recession continues to take its toll on government coffers. The Home Improvement Self-Insured Group, or HISIG, has reported a 73% increase in membership in 2009. HISIG is a California work comp program for home improvement and retail employers. The Home Improvement Self-Insured Group began operations in December 2005. The Board of Trustees report a strengthening financial position driven by 45% reduction in length of serious work injury claims and the introduction of a nurse triage program to assist employees immediately following an injury. And in other news, many practitioners are very unhappy with EAMS, the DWC effort to make litigation paperless. The DWC is trying to make things better. The Division of Workers' Comp began work with external partners on a plan that will allow bulk filing of selected documents by the end of the year. This was part of its strategy to increase access to EAMS. DWC and representatives from claims administrators, attorneys, and others began gathering requirements for improvements to EAMS. These changes will allow bulk filing of six priority forms and access to some case file information on the DWC website. This two-point plan is called the present term solution, which is to determine the quickest way to eliminate the bottleneck that exists for filing documents and viewing basic case information. The schedule for implementing the present term solution calls for completing a set of requirements within one month. Technical development will then take from three to six months, then user acceptance testing for two months, for a total of nine months of development time needed to make these changes. A majority of the advisory group's members have agreed to commit staff resources to this development process. The six forms chosen for the present term solution were given priority because they are the most commonly filed, thus removing from the paper queue from scanning into EAMS will yield the best results. 
The forms are application for adjudication of claim, declaration of readiness to proceed, declaration of readiness for expedited hearing, compromise and release, stipulation with request for award, and notice for request for allowance of lien. The present term solution is expected to relieve the filing bottleneck while full funding for the Eames external user access project is sought. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm John Floyd with Floyd, Scarron & Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please visit us again next week for more news.